Hello, a blessed and refreshing day to you, my dearly beloved. I welcome you to Arise Devotional for today, Tuesday, the seventh day of September 2021, on the platform of the Builders Forum. My name is Abraham Olufemi Ojeme. Today is the second day on our devotional series for this week with the topic Understanding the Health of God. There are a lot of us, there are a lot for us to assess in this wonderful week of abundant help from above. But let's have a quick recap on what we looked through yesterday. Number one, everyone definitely needs the help of God, particularly in the times we are in now. Two, there is never an all-sufficient person. So don't see the requirement for help as an indication of lack of capacity. It simply means that our sufficiency is of the Lord. Three, the help of God means an assistance to aid you in doing right and to be abundantly effective in anything in this life. Number four, this means you must be sincerely doing something for the help of God to locate you. Number five, we looked at different metaphors for the help of God. Number six, this includes help from above, divine intervention, and so on. And number seven, we concluded yesterday that the help of God is not for everybody. That last affirmation must be clarified so that you are not discouraged from assessing the help of God. Listen to me that you are born again only makes the help of God available to you, but not mandatorily obtainable by you. Scary? Not really. It is only factual, my friend, and that is why you need to listen very well to the brokers from today. Because from today, we want to begin to look at the requirement for assessing the help of God. I use the word assess because by the provisions of Calvary, the help of God is already always there. God is not going to help you tomorrow. By Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, he made a way for you to enter into the chamber of divine help. I will show you this from a few clauses from the kingdom constitution. Here are the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And please permit me to read the contemporary English version translation I read. So whenever we are in need, we should come briefly before the throne of merciful God. There he will treat with undeserved kindness and we will find help. End of quote. Please take note of two things in that verse of scripture. It is whenever we are in need. There is no time limit. But look at the second thing there. There is a place called there. That is where we shall find the needed help. Let's look at another clause from the Kingdom Constitution. And that is Luke chapter 16, verse 16. And please permit me to read the Passion Translation. I read. The law of Moses and the revelation of the prophets have prepared you for the arrival of the kingdom realm 
announced by John. And now, when this wonderful news of God's kingdom realm is preached, people's hearts burn with extreme passion to press in and receive it. End of quote. In the Old Testament, they were waiting for the kingdom help. But since Calvary, we no longer wait. We press in with extreme passion to receive the help. There are so many other scriptures attesting to this in the Holy Book. Go check them out, my friend. So, sir, there is a disposition for assessing divine help. That is our assignment for the rest of this week of help from above. Today, we begin with the requirement of righteousness. Let's look at this scripture from the mouth of King David in Psalm chapter 15, verse 1 to 5. I read very quickly. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and walketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is content, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not, he that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth this thing shall never be moved. End of quote. The tabernacle of the Lord is the chamber of divine help. It is God's holy hill. And please understand that it is not a physical location, but a disposition. And here, the scripture is describing the disposition. It is a disposition of righteousness. I know that the word is a mockery. Even in the church these days, it has been watered down. But my friend, wrong is wrong, even if everybody is doing it. And right is right, even if no one is doing it. Righteousness is the number one visa into the chamber of the help of God. No righteousness, no access, period. I know we call it by so many other names, sanctification, holiness, purity, consecration, and so on. But whatever name you call it, they all have the same definition in the above scriptures. If it doesn't fit into the clauses in the above scriptures, my friend, trash it. Trash it. No matter who is preaching it, it is another gospel. Now, let's analyze that chapter of Psalm from the mouth of King David. From verse 2, we discover that righteousness is much more about who we are than anything else. Let's look at that scripture in some other Bible translation. Let me read the easy-to-read version. It reads, Only those who live pure lives do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. End of quote. The righteousness that will assess the help of God must be a lifestyle. Let's read another translation. God's Word translation. It reads, The one who walks with integrity 
does what is righteous and speaks the truth within his heart. End of quote. The righteousness that will make the help of God obtainable must be a work of integrity. It controls your thought, words, and deeds. Look at the demand of verse 3. And let's read it in the easy-to-read version translation for better understanding. I read, Such people don't say bad things about others. They don't do things to hurt their neighbor. They don't tell shameful things about those close to them. End of quote. This righteousness is considerate of others. It has feelings about the emotion of others. Whatever makes you to treat your neighbors anyhow disqualifies you from the help of God except you repent of such evil ways. Mind you, such small, small things may not stop your salvation in case you die, but they may even kill you and cut short your life. These are the reasons for some of the strange demands for righteousness in the life of a believer. Let's look at the demand of verse 4 in the Passion Translation. I read, They will speak out passionately against evil and evil workers while commending the faithful ones who follow after the truth. They make firm commitment and follow through even at great cost. End of quote. This is simply an issue of the conscience. The first thing you will observe in a man of righteousness is a sensitive and alive conscience. They stand absolutely for the word of God. Their yea is yea and nay is nay. No compromise. Let's look at the final verse. And again, let's read the Passion Translation so we understand the word usury used in King James Version. I read, they never crush others with exploitation or abuse, and they will never be bought with a bribe against the innocent. They will never be shaken. They will stand firm forever. End of quote. The word used as usury is nashak in Hebrew, and it is well explained in the Passion Translation above. It doesn't mean because you are righteous, you should not charge interest on loan legally given, but don't be exploitative with it. Don't take advantage of people. The word of God is simple and straightforward. It is not burdensome nor grievous. Now, my friend, you have the spiritual yardstick. Look into the mirror and appraise yourself. Are you really qualified for the help of God or you are a scammer? Are you a spiritual jagaband? trying to bamboozle people with spiritual deceptions my friend if it is so please repent and realign it is never too late if the help of god is your desire then the issue of righteousness is mandatory that is the counsel of david for us in his final word in that scripture he that doeth these things shall never be moved there are things to be done for righteousness to be in place and the help of God obtainable for the believer. Please let me pray for you. I pray for your conscience to be revived today. The works of unrighteousness will not rob you of your future in eternity. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit 
upon you today for a new beginning. It was not late for the prodigal son. It will not be late for you to realign in Jesus' name. I pray for the much needed help of the grace for repentance to answer for you now. I pray for you to be baptized with the spirit of holiness by the Lord. Mercy and grace begin to avail for you to tread the path of righteousness in this perverted world. Begin to make a difference in your sphere of oppression by the spirit of holiness. Be delivered from the work of righteousness into the grace of the way of righteousness manifesting the fruits of repentance. It is a new dawn for you. Congratulations. Amen and amen. Peace. Thank you.